Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Baseball. Basketball. And football. This is True Sports, a True Chat original podcast with your host, Caleb Spinner. The Browns were stunned by the New York Jets last Sunday in a game that has drastically impacted Cleveland's chances of making the NFL playoffs. Despite this loss, the Browns, 10-5, are currently seeded 7th in the AFC playoff picture, a position that puts them right on the edge of falling out of playoff contention. On this episode of True Sports, JD and I discuss what went wrong in Cleveland's loss to the Jets, we take a look at the AFC playoff picture, and preview this week's game against the Steelers in which Cleveland could end their 18-year playoff drought with a win over their AFC rivals. Let me start by saying how proud I am of my Cleveland Browns. Who would have thought... Two years after a winless 0-16 season, the Browns would be 10-5 with a legitimate shot at making the playoffs. Certainly not me. The game on Sunday was a real-life example of the old adage, Murphy's Law. Anything that could have gone wrong did. Cleveland's top four wide receivers all were added to the COVID-19 reserves list following close contact with someone positive for the virus. The players were added to Cleveland's inactive list on Saturday, leaving a single day for replacements to be brought up from the practice squad. Add to that, the plane to New York was delayed for four hours, which led to the walkthroughs with the new practice squad additions coming in the parking lot. Add once again a slow start for Cleveland's rushing game, which is top three in the NFL and a backbone of their offense, and your chances of victory drop dramatically, even against a team like the Jets. That's not to say some blame for the loss shouldn't fall on the players. It should. Baker's ball security on quarterback sneaks once again led to a costly turnover for the second time in three weeks. Kevin Stefanski's insistence on passing the football to inexperienced receivers also deserves some just criticism. However, at the end of the day, the Browns were faced with circumstances even the best teams in the NFL couldn't have completely conquered. Despite this, and down 20-3 at one point, the Browns almost prevailed thanks to determination and a fighting spirit. This isn't the Browns team we saw in Week 1. This team is mature talented, and greater than one single player. This is a team with playoff dreams, and now they're one game away from making those dreams a reality. Of course, there's a lot going into this game, JD, and this this one, this game in Week 17 is going to be one of the, the highest stake games, I think, in the season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is crunch time now, and it wouldn't be that big of a game if they were able to beat the Jets, but unfortunately they weren't able to, and now we're right down the crunch time. It's it's winner, you go home. Obviously, I, I spoke on some, but in your mind, what are some takeaways, both positive and negative, uh, from the Browns' loss to the Jets? Well, I mean, I, I think losing uh, your starting wide receiver, that, that that's huge. You know, you, you lost your wide receiver groups. You know, your quarterback doesn't really have the chemistry um, that he had with the practice squad guys. But at the same time, like it's the New York Jets. You know, I think something can be said about giving up 23 points um, to, to maybe one of the worst football teams that, that we've seen in a while. I mean, there is talks about them being one of the few teams to ever go 0-16. 
Uh, you know, so that loss was huge. And you would think that the Browns, you know, being historically bad as they are, you you think that they would, you know, come into this game, even though they're sitting at what was it, 10 and four. Like yeah, they know four. that if they win this game, they're basically locked in. Like you would think that they would just bring their A game out. And it would it just didn't look clean all around. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, like I know the Steelers, you know, there's a lot of talk about them being, um, you know, under or overrated. Um, but I just think the Browns don't match up well with the Steelers. So I would think, you know, they were maybe got caught looking ahead a week, uh, said that, you know, this is the one win Jets. You know, we have nothing to really worry about. Um, let's just look look for next week for the Steelers. And, and they got tripped up. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Uh, and now we're going to see what the Browns are truly made of here. Uh, and we'll see if they can bounce back and hopefully clinch a playoff spot. You know, like I said in that monologue, the, the, the Browns are literally having to run walkthroughs with these practice squad guys in the parking lot the night before the game. You won't be adequately prepared if you're having to do that to go into a game the next day. Now, like you mentioned, it is the Jets, okay? And, and teams, the, the best teams in the NFL can deal with adversity. But at the same time, these are uncontrollable circumstances that are extremely, extremely rare. We have seen very few times teams go into games facing these kind of circumstances that the Browns did going into this one. How much of this loss do you credit to the circumstances surrounding the game, i.e. the delayed flight and the COVID absences? Yeah, I I think it played a part. Um, Like like I said, it, it still is the Jets and you should still be able to beat the Jets, but it plays a part. I mean, I know that I'm not, you know, the biggest believer in the Browns this year. Um, you know, I think that they've had quite an easy schedule to get here, but I still believe that they are a good enough team to beat the Jets, even without uh, their starting receivers. Um, so I think it plays a little bit of a part, but at the same time, you know, their defense uh, has been getting rather healthy over the last few weeks. Like they, they need to realize that their offense is not going to be up to par and that they need to step up their game. And I just feel like in this game, they were. I, I think the defense did not play as well as they normally do. And I think that that secondary um, really needs to improve, uh, especially coming into the Steelers, who are you know just completely falling back uh, on the passing game. We've talked about a little bit of the blame should go to the circumstances, but you said you know being a playoff team or being a team who wants to be a playoff team, the Browns should have still beaten the Jets. They should have still fought through this adversity and, and beat the Jets. How much of the blame from this loss be given to Baker Mayfield? You you know, it all starts with your quarterback. You know, he is the captain of that offense. And really, you know, he kind of sets the tone. And I I just think it's going to be hard to win games when your quarterback has three fumbles. And usually we're talking about different things from Baker Mayfield. You know, usually it's the interceptions that kill him, but he didn't have any in this game. Um, So, you know, he has to step up. He has to realize that, hey, I don't have the guys around me that I normally do. You know, I need to be on my A game here. I need to play the best that I have all season long and make the best with what I have. I mean, it's kind of the same situation uh, with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they really don't have any receivers other than Devontae Adams, you know, to really throw to. Aaron Rodgers is having an MVP season. He may have already won it. You know, already. So, you know, it's a similar situation with Baker Mayfield. You know, he doesn't have guys around him. There's a lot of pressure on him and you either rise to the challenge or you fall under all that pressure. You know, you either, you know, you're, you're either that pressure just gets to you and you turn into a diamond or it gets to you and you just crush into little itty bitty pieces. And I think this is not the first time that we've seen Baker Mayfield kind of collapse under that pressure. You know, this is something that he's going to have to deal with if he's going to be playing for a playoff team. You talk about Baker Mayfield stepping up there, and of course he has to do some still left on the field. He's not a perfect quarterback. Um, But where I saw him step up was taking accountability for the loss on Sunday. Of course, he has some things to that that 
deserve to be blamed for. Ball security when he's rushing the ball. That needs to be a top priority for him. On that fourth and one handoff that could have kept the game winning drive, the potential game winning drive going, hand that off to your running back. Baker has to, if you're going to go with the quarterback sneak on that, Baker has to tuck the ball and never, ever, ever allow it to get out of his grip. Now, aside from that, he's had a fantastic game. Didn't have a pick in that game, as you said. But where I saw the most growth was after the game, how he handled that. He took responsibility for the blame. He showed signs of his maturity, which is something that Browns fans going into, you know, Baker's rookie season from his antics at Oklahoma and the things he got in trouble with, they doubted his maturity level, and rightly they should have. But now we're starting to see Baker grow. He's becoming a leader on and off the field. He's growing into a solid, mature man, not just a solid, mature quarterback. And that's something that if you're a Browns fan, you've got to be excited for because he might now be start, be turning into the leader that this team needs, not just off the field, on the field, but off it as well. So you love to see that, uh, the, the growth of Baker into a leader. And I think we saw that during the game. He's keeping his eyes downfield, which is a very veteran move. And he's also becoming more of a leader, taking responsibility for things he should be. Cleveland's final regular season game, J.D., is next week against their division rivals and the AFC North champion Pittsburgh Steelers. What does Cleveland need to improve, either on the field or off or both, in order to win this game? Uh, well, like I said earlier, they just don't match up well with the Steelers. With the Steelers, I, I mean, you know, the Steelers have had the better season, um, but we've seen some weaknesses from the Steelers, and I just don't think that that's something that the Browns are going to be able to exploit. I, I think the Browns' secondary is, is weak. Uh, you know, they have been banged up a lot this year, so I think that that's you know that's an excuse there. But, you know, the Steelers have no run game, and that's what the Browns are, are really good at. You know, their front four, maybe you can include the front seven. The linebacker play is a little questionable at this point. You know, but that front four is really is really good uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And I think that that, you know, the getting to Ben Roethlisberger and pressuring him is going to be key in this game. You know, the Steelers have made it clear that they don't have any intention on running the ball. They can't run the ball. They haven't been able to all season long. So, you know, on the defensive side, the Browns have to worry about getting pressure on Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's not he's not a very mobile quarterback. So if you can collapse the pocket quickly, you're going to get him into some tough situations uh, quite quite often. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, the Steelers have a mean defense. So you got to set the run game first is what the Browns have been doing all season long. If they're able to run the ball, I think they win this game. But if they're not able to run the ball, I don't trust Baker Mayfield to put the team on his shoulders and be the 12 and three Steelers defense. You know, maybe one of the best defenses we've seen in recent history. I just I don't trust Baker Mayfield to do that. Now, see, this is where you and I are going to disagree, J.D. And uh, usually you and I are, are spot on. We agree on most of the things we talk about here. And so I'm going to start off with something we agree on. The running game is going to be extremely important for Cleveland to get started and get started early. Uh, That's the backbone of their offense, as I talked about. Their top three in the league, they were going into the game against the Jets. That's That's their bread and butter. They've got to go to that. They've got to establish Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb as deadly weapons early. However, I'm going to look back at the game, the most recent game, against the Baltimore Ravens that Cleveland had, and I'm going to look to those three drives that Baker put together back to back to back that kept the Browns in those game. The Ravens would go down and score. The Browns would put together a fantastic drive, find themselves in the end zone as well. They'd answer right back. I think Baker has potential 
to be a guy who can put the team on his back if you just give him the right tools. If you get the running game early, he's able to go more out of play action and and that's able to be more effective, which is something statistically he's better out of. You're able to have more of an option there. If he's not throwing the ball too well, if he's making simple mistakes, then give it to the running game. Keep the drive alive. Keep it right back in there. Let him get his confidence back up and then let him try to throw it again. And then, of course, it's got to be protection. Baker has to be protective. He can't be working, worrying about getting put on his back every other snap. The line has to hold. They have to do their job. They have to keep his white jersey when it when they're wearing the white jerseys. He has to keep the grass stains off his jersey. That's something that the Browns are capable of. That's something that the line has showed us that they are capable of earlier in the season and throughout the season. That's something that's got to happen is Baker has to feel confident and protected behind his offensive line. Despite the upset against the Jets, Cleveland's playoff hopes are still alive. When we come back, we take a look at the AFC playoff picture and discuss what the Browns need to happen in order to make the NFL postseason. Don't go anywhere. True Sports continues after this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is True Sports, a True Chat original podcast with your host, Caleb Spinner. While the Cleveland Browns no longer control their playoff destiny after losing to the New York Jets, they still do have a say in it. There are still multiple scenarios in which the Browns could make the NFL playoffs, but the best and quickest way is for Cleveland to defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers this coming Sunday, a task easier said than done. The only way Cleveland can make the playoffs now is as a wild card. Currently, the wild card standings have the Miami Dolphins 10-5 at the top, then the Baltimore Ravens 10-5, and, and then Cleveland as the third and final wildcard spot, also 10-5. and five. Indianapolis, guess their record, JD, yes, 10-5, and five, is on the outside looking in because of a loss to the Browns earlier this season. So, the first scenario in which the Browns could make the playoffs involves two teams Cleveland has beaten this season. If the 10-5, and five, again, Titans, lose to the Houston Texans, 4-11, and 11, the Colts would replace Tennessee as the AFC South division leader, assuming Indy defeats Jacksonville. The Titans would drop to 10-6 and and fall out of playoff contention unless Baltimore also lost, in which case the Ravens would be eliminated due to their overtime loss to the Titans in Week 11. What are the chances Tennessee loses to Houston, J.D.? Do you think there's any sense of of, of inspiration that the the Texans are going through after J.J. Watt's speech? Do you think Tennessee can come out and reasonably lose 
to Houston. Man, I, I just wish J.J. Watt gave that speech sooner because as most people know on this show, I am a Texas fan and it hurts to see my team be this bad. Uh, I think there is a chance. Um, it, it's it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Derrick Henry, he's great, but he just becomes a different guy when he plays the Texans. I mean, he just absolutely shreds us. Um, so it's really all in the back of Deshaun Watson. Uh, he, he's just going to have to play out of his mind uh, if the Texans have any chance of pulling the upset here. Uh, I, I heard, I have heard that there are some rumors out there that, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is going to decide to sit this last game. Um, you know, no reason to go out there and get injured uh, when you're really not even playing for anything. You don't have any, you know, draft picks in the first or second round. Uh, so you're not playing for placement there. Uh, you, you, your playoff hopes have been gone for quite a while now. So um, the Texans really don't have anything to play for other than pride, which they've lost, you know, a long time ago by hiring Bill O'Brien. So, you know, I, I think that the chances of the Titans losing are slim, uh, but they're definitely not, you know, it's definitely not zero. You know, the Texans have put up a good fight against a lot of good teams this year. Um, and the Titans just got blown out by the Green Bay Packers. I mean, two teams, the Titans and the Packers, who have great shots at making the playoffs, and it didn't really seem like it in that Sunday night football, you know, victory for the Packers. So, you know, the Titans are, are in comeback mode too. You know, they have to bounce back. Um, after getting pounced and, and play against another really great quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So it is possible, uh, but it's very slim. And I know a lot of people will hear that Tennessee lost to, to Green Bay and credit a lot of that to Green Bay, which they should. Aaron Rodgers went off on that game. But some of that had to do with Ryan Tannehill making bad decisions, in particular the pick that he absolutely just threw into a green jersey. I'm sure you know the one talk I'm talking about, J.D., if you watched it. It's a yeah. horrible route, and he just throws it right to the guy. So a lot, some of this loss, at least a fraction of it, has to do with Tannehill. So it is partially Tennessee's fault that they lost. Now, once again, Green Bay came out. They were a fantastic team. But the fact that Tennessee made mistakes that ultimately lost that game is what helps me think that Houston has a legitimate shot at winning against the Titans. Now, also, it's like you've been talking about with the Jets. I forget if you've said this on air or not, but you've at least mentioned this off air. It, when we were talking about, you know, if the Jets were going to tank for Trevor Lawrence, I, when I talked about if the Jets are going to tank and, and lose the rest of these games, you brought up the point that players cannot intentionally lose. It's not in their blood. They have to come out. They have to compete, you know, if, if for nothing else for their pride. I don't think Houston is going to roll over and let Tennessee walk right over. Them. The Jets didn't for the Browns. I don't think tennis. I don't think Houston's going to do that for Tennessee. Especially not after what J.J. Watt said that fired the team up. I think they're going to come out swinging harder than they ever have before. Even if Deshaun decides to sit this out, you know J.J. Watt and the defense are going to come out and try to smack Houston every or smack Tennessee, excuse me, every chance they get. After listening to that speech, I got fired up. I don't even play for the Texans, and I got fired up. I want to go beat the Texans or the Titans, excuse me, this next week. So I honestly think the where the morale is at right now. And with Tennessee coming out of a loss where they slipped up and Tannehill made some bad decisions, I think everything's lining up for Houston to get this upset here. Obviously, you know, if Deshaun Watson plays, he's got to be, you know, the Deshaun Watson we know and love. If Derrick Henry comes into the game, he's got to, you know, take a huge goose egg on the on the rushing yards. But what else needs to happen in your eyes for the Texans to come out with an upset? I, you know, I, I really do. Uh, I really don't think that the Texans will roll over. Um, I, I think because it's a division rival as well, um, that they're going to bring out their best game. And I hope that Deshaun Watson doesn't sit out 
Um, you know, but it, a lot does have to happen. It is on the shoulders of Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson, as we've seen throughout his high school, his college, and even his NFL days, he loves the pressure. He loves, he, you know, he absolutely loves when, you know, the pressure's all on him. And that's just, he plays his best when, you know, in, in crunch time. So I, I think that they're, the, the chance that the Texans uh, win this game are not as low as I'm looking on ESPN right now and seeing, like, you know, they have a good shot of winning this game and it really is all on the defense as well. You know, the defense has to stop Derrick Henry and they have not been able to do it uh, in the last two seasons. I, I mean, Derrick Henry has just put up some absolutely insane numbers, you know, in, in the last couple games against the Texans. So something's got to change on the defensive side because we haven't been able to stop anybody uh, this year. But li- like you said, you know, hopefully J.J. Watt's speech fired the Texans up and they're going to come out here and make a statement uh, in the last game of 2020 and, and hopefully carry that into 2021. The other scenario in which the Browns can make the playoffs, aside from them beating the Steelers, is if the Colts lose to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are currently 1-14. If Indy loses, they would fall to 10-6 and six and remain out of playoff contention. The Browns are ahead of them because of a win they had earlier in the season. If the Browns were to lose to the Steelers, Indianapolis would also have to lose in order for Cleveland to clinch their first playoff spot appearance since 2002. We saw one 10-win team upset by a one-win team this week in the New York Jets game against the Browns. What are the chances we see it happen again and the Jags beat the Colts? Yeah, I think scenario one is definitely, uh, you know, more plausible to happen. Um, You know, but, you know, the Jags have already clinched the first uh, overall pick this year. Uh, Mike Glennon's getting the start instead of Gardner Minshew. So I I think it can happen. It's just very slim. I mean, I, I think Brown's best case scenario is the first one. Uh, having the Titans lose to the Texans and then obviously beating the Steelers uh, because I don't see the Jags pulling up a win anytime soon. I mean, they won their first game of the season and have lost 14 straight and have looked really bad in those 14 games. So uh, they're going to need a miracle if that scenario is going to happen. Now, there is always the factor of, you know, the week 17, it's the last game of the season. Why not come out, make a statement one last time? You know you're not going to make the playoffs, so why not come out, give it your all? There is that factor, and maybe the Colts think they're going to make the playoffs and they coast. However, sitting where they are, I can't imagine that's going to happen. I think they're going to want to fight and fight and fight to try to get this win, uh, especially because it was because of the tough matchup Cleveland has, which could put them in the playoffs if Cleveland loses and the Colts win. So I don't think that's going to happen. I hope... The Jags coming out to play in this last game is enough to beat the Colts. But I agree with you that Tennessee-Houston is the more likely of the situations. I don't like either situation, really. I know I obviously want the Browns to beat the Steelers, not only for bragging rights that I'll have on that game, but also because that's what we can control. The Browns can't directly control whether Houston beats Tennessee. The Browns can't directly control whether the Jags beat the Colts. The Browns can control whether the Browns beat the Steelers or not. Okay, that's something that is in our hands that we can do. The minute, if we lost that game, the minute our destiny falls into somebody else's hands, I don't like it. Even if it's, you know, the Jets have to lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't like it because we can't directly influence it. So I will say that Tennessee losing to Houston is the more likely scenario. I don't think the Jags beat the Colts unless there's a miracle, but I didn't think the Jets would beat the Browns unless there was a miracle either. So I've been wrong once. Hopefully I'm wrong again. And the Jags are able to pull something out that would really help us. uh, And I say us as me and other Browns fans. What does Jacksonville have to do 
if they want to win this game this week against Indianapolis. Obviously, they're going to have to pull a miracle out of their hat. But what would that miracle look like? Would that look like an improved running game? Would that look like an improved defense? What would that entail? What did the Jags need to do to beat the Colts? Uh, I, th- I think it really starts with stopping the Colts' run game. I mean, Jonathan Taylor uh, and the Naheem Himes have been, you know, an absolute, you know, force in the backfield. Great one-two punch to have. Uh, they they have to do it on the defensive side of the ball. You know, um, you know, keep Philip Rivers contained. He he's looked pretty impressive this year. Uh, you know, considering the age, and a lot of people thought that he was, uh, you know, run down with the Chargers. Um, so he's really done a nice job with the Colts this year. He's really transitioned well, a lot better than I thought he would. Um, so containing him, uh, the secondary is going to be really important, uh, as, as well. So I think that Jax can do it on the defensive side of the ball, maybe force a few turnovers. You know, Phillip Rivers is not really, uh, you know, fumble prone. Uh, we, I think we saw his first one in 18 weeks, uh, happen last week. Uh, so, you know, he's not fumble prone very often, you know, maybe get him a little route up. You know, you hit him a few times. He is an aging quarterback. So, you know, you give him a few hard shots. He's not going to want to step up in the pocket uh, anymore. So, I think it starts with the defensive side of the ball for the Jags. Um, and then if you're the Jags on offense, you, you got to you know sustain drives. You know, it's really hard to score when you don't have the ball. So if the Jags can put together, you know, a couple, you know, slow, methodical drives, you know, they can you know most definitely make this a game. True Chat's mission is to educate people by providing honest, open and respectful conversations. If you think we're not upholding this mission at any time during today's episode, Email your grievance to ethics at truechat.org. That's E-T-H-I-C-S at truechat.org. Stay in touch with True Sports by visiting our website, truesportspodcast.com, and by following at truesports underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, these scenarios don't matter to Cleveland Browns fans. If the Browns defeat the Steelers, as a playoff appearance would already be secure after that outcome. Coming up, we preview this Week 17 matchup between two of the most heated rivals in all of professional football. Stick around. True Sports concludes after this. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is True Sports, a True Chat original podcast with your host, Caleb Spinner. For Browns fans, it all comes down to this. A win this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers would give Cleveland their first playoff berth in 18 years. JD, that would be their first berth since 2002, the year that I was born. Imagine that. In my life, we have not made the playoffs. A loss wouldn't guarantee Cleveland's elimination from the AFC wildcard picture, but it would take the Cleveland's playoff destiny out of their hands, which, as I mentioned in the last segment, I absolutely do not like. I love having a direct influence over the fate of my team. And I think obviously Cleveland's best chance of doing that is to beat the Steelers and not having to rely on the Texans beating the Titans or the Jags beating the Colts. Cleveland was without seven starters in last week's loss to the Jets, including their top four wide receivers and two of their starting offensive linemen. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Kaderil Hodge were placed on the COVID-19 reserve list prior to Sunday's game because of contact concerns. As of now, according to ESPN's injury report, 
All four wide receivers are still listed as out for this week against Pittsburgh, pending consecutive negative test results, which would clear them for play, according to the NFL's COVID policy. The shorthanded Browns almost overcame a 20-3 deficit on the road. Currently, Cleveland's win percentage against the Steelers is 36.8, according to ESPN once again. How drastically does this percentage jump, J.D., in your eyes, if these wide receivers are able to play this week? I, I, you know, I think it, it's interesting if they're able to get everyone back. I think the game's going to be a lot closer. I mean, I think me and you can both agree that offense did not look the same, uh, you know, without those main wide receivers. But I don't think it's going to give them that big of a percentage uh, boost. You know, I, I still think it's going to start with a run game for the Cleveland Browns because I don't care how many, you know, how many receivers you bring back. I mean, heck, you can bring Odell off the IR and I still don't think it matters. Uh, I don't think that Baker Mayfield uh, can have all the pressure on his shoulders uh, and perform. You know, he really needs that run game uh, to get going so it can set up the play action. Uh, you know, maybe possibly some of their trick plays. You know, it's not going to work as well if you don't have a running game. Um, so it definitely is all about that running game. So I don't think the receivers make that huge of a percentage boost, but it is going to be nice to have some familiar faces around Baker Mayfield going into that must-win game. Yeah, I think he does too. I mean, the running game is a huge part of it. As you can look at the stats, Baker performs extremely well out of play action, better than he does out of any other passing formation or passing type. So the running the running game is huge with that. The slow start with the against the Jets hurt them, but then as I said, the game started to started to progress, and the running backs got more in custom, and they looked more more like they usually do in the dominant running backs that are Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. That's got to start off now. The front that the Pittsburgh Steelers have makes me nervous running the ball. You know, there's several great guys there. The one that sticks out in my mind is T.J. Watt. I have extreme nightmares every night thinking about us playing him again. You know, he absolutely decimated our offensive line the first game. I do think we've gotten better. I think Jedrick Willis has gotten a lot more experience in the NFL, so I think it'll be a little better of a matchup, but still heavily favored uh, towards the Steelers in that area of things. If the Browns are able to get this running game going, I love Cleveland's chances a lot more, but that's a big if, especially against a front four like the Steelers have. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh will be without Bud Dupree and Devin Bush, their two defensive players, who combined for nine total tackles and two and a half sacks in Pittsburgh's Week 5 win against the Browns. How will the Steelers' defense be impacted by these two absences if they hold and they remain on the out list, inactive list, excuse me, going into Sunday? Yeah, that's huge. Uh, I believe those are two middle linebackers, or at least two linebackers, and, and that's huge. Uh, you know, that those are very hard spots to fill. And, the you know, Steelers aren't used to having that many injuries on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they have had, you know, their starting guys throughout most of the season. You know, they don't miss a lot of games. They remain very healthy, uh, unlike the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers. But I, I think that the, the Browns better hope that they stay on the inactive list because if they have, you know, if they can find and exploit, uh, a, you know, a hole in that defense, a weakness in that defense, then I like their chances to win a lot more than I do against the full strength, you know, defense of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just I don't think that the Browns match up well to 100 percent healthy Steelers defense. You can bet the farm that I will be downstairs decked in every single piece of Browns gear that I own watching this game with my fingers crossed, my toes crossed. Having done every single superstitious ritual I could have in order to ensure that my Browns win. But speaking of games to watch, J.D., I covered for you in Games of the Week last week. I turned it into Spinner's Games of the Week. 
I got all three of my predictions right. So I was debating kicking you off this segment again, JD, just because I'm riding a 3-0 and hot streak. But I wanted to at least see what you came up with first. So give us something to watch in Swenson's Games of the Week. All righty. Well, I'm going to head over to college football first because, as you know me, I am a college football fanatic. And this is the best time of the year for me. We got the college football playoffs starting off. And I'm going to hit up the 1-4 and four game, which will be the first one that we see. Alabama Crimson Tide against the number four Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, you know, Alabama huge favorites in this game for obvious reasons. You know, they, there hasn't been a point in the season where they have looked down. Um, it, you know, you might throw out that old Miss game, which I'll get to here in a second. You know, but I, I think we're all sleeping on Notre Dame here. As you know me, I'm not a fan of Notre Dame. I think that they're one of the most, you know, historically overrated teams uh, that, that I've ever seen. But you know, Notre Dame this year, I think they match up well against Alabama. Alabama's secondary has been shredded by every single SEC quarterback, most every SEC quarterback out there. And I think that Ian Book does not get enough credit. I mean, we have seen a great class of quarterbacks in the last couple of years, and Ian Book has just kind of you know flew right under the radar. I think that Notre Dame keeps this game close, and I think they do it with their long, lengthy receivers against this very weak Alabama secondary. I think that every secondary, you know, in the college football playoff is, you know, the defenses are not like we are used to seeing. I think it's going to be a very high scoring playoffs. I think Notre Dame keeps it close. Yeah, I I, I want to say that Notre Dame's going to win, but I can't pick against that Alabama offense. Um, so I'm going to say Alabama wins, but it's not going to be a blowout like everyone thinks. Now, your dad's a pastor, J.D., so I'm surprised you've never heard this, but picking against Nick Saban in a college football playoff game is the 11th commandment of things that you shall not do bestowed by God. So I'm surprised you've never heard no, of that there before. You go. I, I will not pick against Nick Saban in the college football playoff yet. Now, ask me here after this next week, and then I will let you know if I will. But we're going to go with Alabama in that one. It's going to be a closer game than a lot of people think. Heading over to the game that I'm most interested to see. We got number two, Clemson, taking on number three, Ohio State. Now, a lot of people very upset that Texas A&M is not in, even maybe Cincinnati not in. Uh, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, discrediting Ohio State. I, I think that they are a good team, but I don't think they're Clemson, Alabama level uh, yet. You know, they, they are last in the Big Ten. I, I tweeted this out. Uh, I actually retweeted this on Twitter, but they are last in the Big Ten in passing defense, and they have not faced a passing offense that is top 40. In this game, they are facing one of the hottest, you know, you know, NFL prospects that we have seen in recent history. I mean, this guy was going to be a number one overall pick last year. You know, he was, you know, sought after, uh, you know, in high school. You know, Trevor Lawrence is the best player in college football right now. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman, but he is the best player, you know, in college football right now. And I do not see, unless, you know, Ohio State somehow just, you know, shows up and shows out, and that secondary just proves everyone wrong. I don't see a scenario where Trevor Lawrence doesn't absolutely pop off. Like, these teams hate each other. They genuinely hate each other, and I wouldn't call it a rivalry because Ohio State actually needs to beat Clemson for it to be a rivalry. But, you know, these teams, they truly hate each other. Ohio State thinks they got cheated out last year by the SEC refs, but as I also tweeted out, I don't think the SEC refs made Ohio State go 0-5 in the red zone. So complain all you want about the calls, but you didn't do what you needed to do. Uh, when you when you needed to do them, so it, it's going to be you know a hard knock game. I think it's going to be very feisty, you know, very spicy. I think you know you know tensions are going to be high in this game. I think Clemson comes out on top. Not just saying that because you know that's my team, but I'm going to say that because I truly think 
that Trevor Lawrence is going to pop off in this game. And do not sleep on Travis Etienne. I know he hasn't been up to par this year, at least from rushing, uh, from the rushing aspect. But I think that he's going to pop off in this game as well. So I'm picking Clemson over Ohio State. Honestly, this season, I don't think we've seen the real Ohio State. I, I still think we have not seen the the full extent to what this Ohio State team is capable of. I think in a lot of instances, especially, you know, most notably Rutgers and in Indiana, I think Ohio State played down to their opponent. And that's why we see a lot of the uh, analysts saying that Ohio State, you know, might not be a real deserving team of making the CFP. However, if we keep playing to our opponent's strength, I think Clemson is going to bring out the best of Ohio State. Dabo Sweeney always brings out the best of the teams he plays against. And I think Ohio State is going to pull out every trick in the book they have. Every single, you know, game prep thing you can have, you know, game film, habits, you know, Trevor Lawrence's X amount of X for X when he's wearing this brand of socks and stuff like that. I think they're going to use every metric that Ohio State has available to them to prepare for this game. I think you're going to come out and we're going to see a whole new Ohio State team that we've never seen before this season. I think this is where you're going to start to see what Ohio State is really made of. And I think Ohio State's going to surprise a lot of people by winning against Clemson and winning big. But that's just me. Take a moment of silence for that prediction. <laughs> anyway, moving on, <laughs> moving on to the NFL. Uh, a couple games that I want to, uh, and I'll just hit on them real quickly. Just a couple of games. Uh, that I want to know. We've already talked about the Browns and the Steelers, but I think a lot of eyes are going to be on that one. But, you know, my boy Ryan Finley's out here balling out. You know, he looked great against the Texans, uh, looked great against the Steelers. You know, I'm telling you what, if the or if the Ravens come into this game and they're sleeping, they will get ran over by the Bengals. And I, I'm, I'm actually going to call the upset. And I know that you Ooh. went 3-0 last week, so you're probably feeling it. But I'm going to call the upset because I, I, think the Bengals, I think the Bengals are out to prove something. And, you know, whether that ruins my record or not, I don't care. I want to see the Bengals beat the Ravens and just spice things up in that AFC wildcard race even more. I want to see the, I want to see them do that, too. And obviously, you know, like I said, multiple times, it's the motif of the show. Looking back to predict the future. The Bengals upset the Steelers not that long ago. I think they can still ride that momentum. So obviously they, they're liking where they're at. They've got a couple wins over the past few weeks. I think they could upset the Ravens now. The Ravens would have to do a lot wrong in order to get to a level that Cincinnati could beat them. However, I don't think that's impossible. I, just for giggles, I'll go against you and I'll say the Ravens win. But man, would I be a happy camper if the Ravens lost to the Bengals. I would be jumping up and down, ecstatic. I will send you the video. Better yet, I will post the video to True Sports' Instagram pages, Instagram and Twitter. There's motivation for you to follow them, by the way. If... The Ravens lose to the Bengals. I will dance like a wild man and I will post it to the social media if that happens. So there, there's my little wager for you, JD. I, I think I can get down with that. You know, now I have an, you know, an, another reason to root for the Bengals. Now, now, can I can I give you something else? Okay. Do you want to do you want to place a wager on air of the Clemson Ohio State game? All right, I'm down. All right, do, so we we're not going to school, so we can't do the usual no. Jersey thing Un, unless you, unless you want to unless we want to do something on social media where well, we could do that. We could. And here, how about this? How about this? The loser has to change their profile picture to the winning team's logo. They have to post a picture wearing some sort of apparel from that team. And it can't be like an Ohio State sucks sweatshirt if you have one of those laying around. It's got to be like a, a an actual piece of apparel <laughs> and post that too. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. All right. I like this. All right. I like this. I, I like my odds. I, I think that I, I'm I'm riding high right now. I, I love where Clemson's at, so I like my odds in this one. Well, that's funny because I like my odds in this one. All right, there you go. <laughs> I mean, of course we're gonna we're gonna be homage right now. We're gonna root for our team. So I mean, I like where this is going. So I will flex my record once again. I am undefeated in in wagers against you. So we'll we'll see. Maybe I'm eating my words next week at this time, but hopefully I'm not. So we'll see what happens. Let us know your thoughts on today's show at TrueSports underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure you check out our website, TrueSportsPodcast.com for the latest news regarding the show. You can listen to all of our episodes there and read articles tied to the show, as we often post whenever we mention them. For True Sports in Mechanicsburg, Ohio, at home at Casa de Spinner, I'm Caleb Spinner. And I'm J.D. Swenson. We hope you have a Merry Christmas and we wish you a fantastic New Year, a Happy New Year. 2021 can't be any worse than 2020, so stay safe and be happy in 2021. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next Wednesday. But for now, that's the show. We're out of here.